Oh, it's meant to be someday. Oh, a day of rest, but, but not, not for us. us. Oh. Welcome to episode two of the Despunk Debrief, the Slag Wars podcast recap. I'm Joe and I'm Josh. How are you Josh? Have you been sucking any nice juicy cocks lately? Oh, absolutely. When aren't I? I've actually been so wholesome this morning. I went to um like there's like a little Christmas trail around where where I live like where there's all these like kind of um people have just got little stores going on in their garden but it's in Islington so it's all kind of like um vegan Ethiopian food served by white people and like you know sea glass jewelry and um you know all it's very that kind of vibe um but I'm you know I'm here for it fab so you haven't cooked any more Christmas dinners this week oh no honey my like that's me at dawn for the year because I even don't I, I won't be cooking the Christmas dinner on the day so yeah that was my my foray into the Christmas kitchen one and done and that's it <laughs> and that's it that's the cough <laughs> you happy with your Spotify wrapped yeah like my Spotify wrap was like unsurprising like it told me I was a fag like like we've been new Jessie Ware was literally like came head and shoulders which um I did get because there was definitely two or three months where I didn't listen to anything else but like but her album course it had Dua it had Lady Gaga it's the full like Casey Musgraves um Grammy win reaction when you get the results because it's like you're obviously you know what you've listened to but it's still like oh my god what <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> very that um but i mean everyone loves sharing it and i think it's like why not i'm fascinated my friend charlie craggs her number one song was the america's next top model theme tune wanna be on okay um you need to introduce me to this person oh my god you would absolutely adore if you aren't following charlie craggs on social she's and i she um is the founder of nail transphobia which does um manicures and talks about trans issues she's a she's not well she's an activist she's uh, she's everything she's a tv star she's a businesswoman she's a producer she's the most influential powerful woman in the world have you not seen that meme oh, uh, <laughs> oh my god it? i use it all the time i'm like me talking about i don't know my <laughs> candle she's a businesswoman she's a tv star <laughs> She's the most influential, powerful woman on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> and who is it in reference to? I don't know, actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And we'll never know. And we'll never know. <laughs> Vanessa Feltz. Yes. Well, I am great. Thank you for not asking for the second week in a row. <laughs> You didn't give me a chance. You just got straight on to Spotify and rap. I just get like podcast anxiety when there's dead air. I'm like, okay, need to fill it. Oh, don't worry. We'll fill it. We'll fill it right up. How are you? How are you? And how's your week been? I'm good. I did listen back to the last episode and I feel like I was kind of like slightly excited and too hyper. So I feel like I'm going to be sort of more chilled, he says, after drinking like two full cups of caffeine. But no, I, I got a haircut. I mean, what a week. It was Britney Spears' 39th birthday. So now we're both in, in our 30s for the last time this year. And mostly I've just been walking around my house saying, Plama, like <laughs> Levi. Oh my God, Plama. <laughs> Speaking of, what a week. As if the cast and crew have listened to our little baby slaggy podcast. 
like, can you believe, like, to be perfectly honest, I thought there would be, like, maybe five other people who would be interested in, in listening. I really just thought this was more of a passion project. And the fact that those who have, like, yeah, production on the show, the cast have got in touch, the girls themselves, the cop destroyers have shared it and engaged with it. It's just... Yeah, it's kind of mind-blowing and I'm loving it. So yeah, oh my God, you got retweeted by Sophie and Rebecca, which means, Josh, we're basically best friends with them. At this point, yeah. My mum even found it and it's the first time she's ever said that she's proud of me. No! So... Her mood. I'm joking. Oh, I was about to say, let's unpack that. Josh had a little bit of a Lisa Scott Lee moment when our um, listener figures were sort of lagging in coming through and he was like... It's shit, isn't it? Let's face it. <laughs> what can I say? I want numbers. Like, I love the way I was like, I was expecting five people. And then when, when it wasn't as high as I thought, I was like, that's really shit. Or it's getting more and more and more. And now we are across five different countries. It may even be more at time of recording. So that's really encouraging. We are snowballing, baby. Since last week, a quick look at Kevin's socials reveals that he's since become a sex worker. So let's celebrate that. Absolutely. And follows me as well on Twitter. Shout out to Kevin. All right. So, Josh, shall we get elbow deep into this episode? Fuck me. Yeah. Like, I literally cut me off at the shoulder, Queen. Like, <laughs> <laughs> lube me up. It opens up previously on Slag Wars. We see, obviously, the drama that happened last week at the elimination. I just want to circle back because I thought, okay, Sophie might have got on her knees because she had sort of like, maybe she had like padding on her knees or something. But no, she has exposed bare knees on the gravel. And I thought, surely that's more painful than walking. So I just just want to know her thought process of why she got on her knees. But I guess it will never really be explained. I mean, if you really want Sophie's thought process on why she's on her knees, like that could be a book on its own. I'm fucking got it. <laughs> I just absolutely love the way she tossed those golden lips across the gravel, the drama, the suspense. So we join Chase on her laptop in the middle of updating her CV with her fetishes. She lists her fetishes and she gets so excited. She does her trademark. I just calmed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have to say, as far as fetishes go, anal and dismantling capitalism. Hello. Hello. Hey. The cliffhanger is, oh, will Sophie come back or is this the end of the line for the cup destroyers? This is Slag Wars. Cracks whip, which I loved. Same. Opening credits, Josh. Slag Wars. Whoa. Whoa. We're the ones the you ones want you to want know. know. Slag Wars. Whoa. Whoa. Cup destroyers run this show. Go, 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 go. Every time that gives me such girls allowed energy. Oh my God, it does. That's so true. I've just noticed that the W on the logo is a pair of tits. Perfect. The commitment to branding is just chef's kiss. We go to the slag house. <laughs> slag house. Is the it's mother- a motherfucking slag house. Slag house. I mean, your vocals, like, it's like Mariah and Ariana's whistle register was here in this space. A drone zooms in on the cast, posing on the decking, and we get Chase saying, episode two, safe word slag. 
These episode titles have yet to let me down. It's the morning after the night before. So we don't pick up um, directly where we left off, which I kind of felt a bit blue-balled by. I felt a bit prick-teased, but then we do pick up in flashbacks later, which I enjoyed. So I just said, not showing us how it ended last night was a choice. I was a bit pissed off. I'm a bit pissed off, actually. Um, I'm pissed off, actually. (laughs) So we get Tyrese and Kevin are gathered on the cream pleather corner suite discussing the events of the previous evening. They're very cosy. Is this flirting or they just needed to get them in for the tight shot? I feel like there was a little frisson. I just think it was, I thought there was a cute little energy between them. Yeah, I think they were flirting because Tyrese, they were like, oh, do you have a boyfriend? Yeah, Tyrese was digging to to get the situation with Kevin. So I think uh, there's definitely some interest there and sparks. I really enjoyed Tyrese's hat. Yep, I put... Um... Six rings, six nose rings on their hat. And the choker, it was giving me like cyber dog. It was giving me Claire's accessories, like but bad bitch. Kevin says, I hope Safe is coming back. I was like, I bloody hope so too. That's like half the reason why I tuned in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was, that would made me think like, that there was even more cliffhanger. I love the way the fact that it'd gone from who's going <laughs> to is Sophie ever returning? <laughs> Did yeah. she just get in her mini? and drive back to Bristol. Kevin reveals that he doesn't have any queer friends. Chase says, but without queer friends, how do you gossip on your queer enemies? Oh, I need to get out of LA. Like, that's quite sad. Mm. Like, I think, I, I really feel for, for for Kevin and for many people who actually just kind of like, perhaps don't feel engaged or don't have that 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 sense of queer community or friendship group. And it can be hard actually, you know, in rural areas to, to find yourself and I assume to express yourself sexually when everyone knows who you are oh yeah that's Thingy's son who went to that or oh I used to go to school with do you know what I mean there's a kind of layer of anonymity that I think can come in living in large cities a little bit so I think it might might have been quite um, there's that extra added thing of maybe not being able to express yourself sexually not having those 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 queer friends and that can build your own confidence and your own sense of self can't it so i think this is going to be a really exciting chapter for kevin now he's got exposure to lots of different people obviously he's taken a step in his journey um you know he's got an only fans etc and so um good for him mm. and hopefully this is the first step towards aberdeen becoming the gay capital of the world well i mean it's got enough oil i like get, 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 like get a little paddling pool full of it get going oil god you know more about Aberdeen than I bloody do Tyrese opens up to Kevin about being genderqueer which I think is a really important discussion to have on Mm. a reality show absolutely and they talk about it with such confidence which I really liked Um, and they kind of just said you know just at the start when they were kind of misgendered and they just felt like they didn't have that moment to say actually I'm not one of the boys you know I'm I am them and I think that's really a challenging thing in a in a space where perhaps you're sexualized and you are people make assumptions about yeah your your gender really and um and being misgendered in society and how that might feel and you know I suppose that you know non-binary people don't have to be um androgynous to be to be um to for people to recognize their gender however I think assumptions do get made um, and that's clearly what they, they've experienced. So, yeah, I thought it was really good. And actually, I think it was a great conversation around the intersectionality of their gender identity, their sexual orientation and their race and how that intermingled and how 
their experience that being black has informed the way in which they are sexualized, the way in which they are perceived, and may inform how others perceive their gender. So I think that in itself, we could do an episode on alone. Tyrese says, the gays are harsh. Kevin agrees. But I said, how does Kevin know he doesn't have any gay friends? I've seen Queer Eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bastards, all of them. Yeah, but did he lie? Did, did he, he lie? lie? <laughs> I love just communicating solely in memes. Tyrese is going to pay for Kevin's flight to London. Okay, money bags. Absolutely. And also, I'm just I'm throwing it out there. Invite me on a night out. I, like, if you're around London town, I'm ready to throw puss with the rest of them. I'm ready to throw down. Once once this little pandemic has fucked off, um, don't forget to call me. You know they will be inviting you on a night out, especially at the end of this podcast. We'll be in their close <laughs> inner circle. I mean... Close friends will be good enough. <laughs> All this time, the rest of the cast are doing background work. So you've got Gus, Nikki and Cameron at the table. Gus is eating as per fucking usual. And Kane and Levi are outside on the decking looking at something. I'm like, what are they looking at? <laughs> they seem fascinated. We see a yellow neon sign saying sick. It's the same scene, but from the perspective of the table, there's a plate of biscuits and cherries. Those cookies actually look like an upgrade on the custard creams of last week. If we are, if we are on Bucket Watch, which a greedy bitch like me is, like they, like what were they? They were definitely they were they were more upmarket, so they weren't your Sainsbury's Oat and Raisin, Maryland, honey. They were not your off license Maryland. They were like bigger. They were like. Okay, maybe a taste the difference. They were of that degree, although I didn't recognise them as a flavour of taste the difference. But I mean, <laughs> I like, like, I did. I, I'm not quite sure what they were. They looked good. All right. So, <laughs> Gus is shirtless and wearing a necktie, chocolate chip cookie in hand. Tells Nikki and Cameron that his mum found out he was doing the show two days before he left. Nikki says, "You what, <laughs> Cameron? His mum." Nikki looks absolutely beautiful in this scene. I mean, this whole episode, Nikki really is serving. Like, yeah. Face, face, body, face. Gus says something completely unintelligible with a mouthful of chocolate chip cookie. And Nikki looks so confused. I had to take a screenshot and um, just save it to my precious, precious memories. Couldn't understand a word. This is when the, the, the eating gimmick became too much. Like, oh. like, like Ariana Grande, we need that like, for you to be able to enunciate. And here we get Cameron's backstory. His family is um, part of, and this is a quote, quite a zealous Christian religion that is very communal based. Uh, I'm getting cult vibes from that. Very that. Like, I feel, firstly, my heart completely goes out to him because that sounds like a really difficult experience. Um, what you go, what you go through that that kind of, that rejection, and actually a lot of shame that was passed down onto him. I hope that he sees his own self worth and. Um, and I just find it really, really great that his sister also came out years later and that actually he has that, that allyship, but to be shamed in front of the community and kind of excommunicated for something that actually is a part of your identity and, and you know, who you are, it's just, it's just very sad. And I'm very sad that it's happening still now to, to, to young people. Absolutely heartbreaking. And it's stories like that, that make me realize like how lucky I am in my family um, to have not had to go through anything like that. But yeah, that is so fucked up. And um, yeah, my heart goes out to him. Yeah, absolutely. And 
seems like a really sweet person obviously got their own chosen family as well which you know as as queer people often we have to do we rally around and we we have that sense of community which is so important um and actually you can see that he has he has that in in levi which i think is very sweet um and i think probably in an even bigger family now and an extended family through the show so Okay, RuPaul, we as gay people get to choose our family. I know. Nikki pipes up. <laughs> I have a similar story. It's crazy how similar. But it also is not similar. Oh, it's completely different. <laughs> she talks about experiencing hormonal changes in her body, some producing more estrogen. So I don't know if, if actually she's also intersex as well as a, a trans woman. And, and if so, then that's incredible representation for, for the insects, um, for those who are insects, like interesting fact one in 200 people are intersex so worldwide more common than redheads um but i don't know if, if i don't know if she is intersex but certainly around actually about her body producing estrogen naturally um and how actually that didn't sit well with her parents and at 14 was it that she was kicked out of the house she was kicked out of home at 14 and she says and i went to the casino <laughs> And she went to the casino and she found an ID on the floor. Like, love a serendipitous moment. And that ID basically saved her in that she had access to the queer scene. That is why when we're talking about saving nightlife, it isn't just like a hee-hee and a drink. For some of us it is. But for others it's a, you know, it's a connection. It's a, it's a, it's a real vital support network and it seems like it was that for, for Nikki because she talks about uh, you know meeting with the drag performers um in Florida who were all who were many of whom were, were trans women and how she liked to put on a show uh so she did a talent show and she brought the fire and I can very much see that for her yeah, Nikki found drag and she's a thrifty drag queen. So she turns trash and makes it into gold. Um, Cameron says something so profound. Gay clubs are like so important. But did he lie? <laughs> no, no, like not a single did lie was uttered. King lie. No. <laughs> Nikki finally snaps at Gus regarding his eating, which I fucking loved. I bet I, I, I saw you cheering her on there. I felt you. I felt, because I could tell you would be absolutely panini pressed about um, Gus munching his way through yet another scene. I know, <laughs> wig, I feel that already. And lastly, we have Kane and Levi on the deck. Kane is wearing a pearl necklace, oi oi, but parts of it are blurred out. And I was like, that must be branding because it's not going to be like censored expletives, is it, on the Slag Wars show? No, there's not a word that they couldn't put on there apart from like Adidas or something. Then we get never before seen footage from the plumber shoot with Levi going, oh, fuck my life, can we do that again? <laughs> Literally hated every minute. He says, this whole acting thing is not really up my alley. I'm like, Sherlock Holmes. I mean, <laughs> I, I just put Meryl Streep shaking. What are you on about? Well, you know what? Me and you, Josh, we both have different opinions, and that's what makes this show so great. Kane says, I don't think you did bad. I was like, okay, Kane, why are you lying? Kane seemed a little uncomfortable in that conversation, a little bit. Kane didn't want to kind of be like, yeah, you were shit. Anyway, you're going to stay. And also, the whole premise of the conversation was just like, have a check in, because obviously, there was a kind of underlying about how important it is to check in on our 
on our mental health. Yeah, that's Kane's important bit. They were clearly all told to like say something profound um, in each of the chats, but it's still important. Kane um, tells us the stigma surrounding sex work causes mental health issues, um, which no, it's true. It's true. But that's the thing. I think people do bring it in with it, their own experiences of rejection, their own uh, experiences of, of, of perhaps internalised shame. Um, and so, and their own insecurities. And so actually, you do really have to jump into a show like this. It's first. And I think that at this point, Levi's already struggling with that as an idea. Um, and Kane's trying to rally him. But uh, yeah, I think the seeds have been planted yeah levi is in too deep and he is uh, he's already checked out let's face it all right so we're back in the garden we cut to a red leg being caressed by a great nail and it pans up to tits and a mic matt says come on slags chase says that there's an important announcement about sophie and rebecca says good morning slags have you all brushed your teeth <laughs> i love that and then we finally get to see what went down last night and we get a flashback of Sophie taking out her Harley Quinn pigtails. It's just so, you know what it feels like to be the odd one out? And Rebecca again says, we're not sending them to war. <laughs> I mean, I would have liked that as an episode. Like I was thinking like saving Ryan's privates. We could get someone, someone had a massive cut. It could be Warhorse. Like, let's explore this. You need to be on the story writing team on this show. <laughs> In the trenches, let's get mucky. <laughs> like, I'm rushing this dick. <laughs> I need to start. No, you're brilliant. You're definitely going to be hired by men.com after this. Rebecca says, today we have a special guest and that's Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> I, that, I just thought that was the most un, like, unnecessary reveal. And yet I enjoyed it. In walks Sofiana Grande with her uh, high pony. Um, they're both actually in exactly the same um, get-ups. I love it when they wear identical. Which is what they're doing for the whole of this show, let's face it. Turns out Rebecca eventually talked her around to the idea of sending contestants home. And I loved how they kind of made friends and they were like, better than makeup sex. Yeah, uh, that was so cute. I know. I mean, I'd I, I prefer that to makeup sex, so, uh, like a hug with the cock destroyers. Sophie and confessional you know what, I've got to be honest, this isn't the first time I've lost control. You know, we have our little tiffs. We're cock destroyers. Um, Sophie, I am feeling so much better today. And in the back of my head, I was like, about sending them home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is a positive life experience. And that's exactly what a slag wars is. I love when Sophie says, exactly. Oh, and then, did you clock this? Rebecca is shorter than Sophie. And I don't know why this blew my mind because Rebecca is on considerably higher platforms than Sophie to make sure that they're the same height. No way. So I don't know why that just rocks my world. We go into this week's foreplay challenge and it is ASMR. Now, I love ASMR. I used to be a bit embarrassed by it. It used to be like, like my sneaky little nighttime secret. But hey... I am an out and proud ASMR fan. Do you listen to ASMR? I do. I do. It's true. It's true. Um, yeah, I do listen to ASMR. Like, I, I mean, I listen, I went through a phase of it, but I'm more of the sound than the voice. Um, oh, the, t the tapping and the, the, and like the crushing of sheets and yeah. all that kind of stuff. I kind of like that kind of the, the, the sound stuff. Or like, you know, like the window, like any kind of rain window kind of thing. Um, 
but like the voice ones I do I, I, you know I can fuck with I can get into and I thought this was such an amazing oh and of course I love Pickle Woman ASMR the chew love her Perhaps. oh god give me her chewing on a trident and typing on a keyboard and I'm gone I'm out I'm out for the count but yeah no, I thought this was such a fun challenge and I actually do think this is kind of sexual oh yeah Sophie tells the the girls, Rebecca is the best at this. And I've been saying this, Rebecca Moore's bangles give me ASMR. Sophie tests the mic. Cock, sperm, dick, fuck. Yes, that's working. (laughs) I absolutely, one of my favourite bits of the whole fucking episode. Right, the goal is to relax Rebecca and Sophie. So they put their headphones on and get in the hammock and whoever can relax the most wins this foreplay challenge. First up is Kane. I enjoyed Kane because he started with the yin-yang twins. A reference that went right over my head. Oh yeah, do it, do it proper. Do it proper, Josh. Hey, little mama, let me whisper in your ear. The line that I wish I could unhear is, I'm going to turn that pussy into pate. Oh my God. Wagra. Oh no. Um, That did not do it for me. I mean, it was funny. He's got comedy chops, Kane. I enjoyed it. Next up is Gus. Banana skin in confessional. I'm like, put that in a bin. Like, it's not even a banana now. Just fucking get rid of it. And yeah, that Latin heat. The rolling of those R's, like, mama, my chorizo was primed. Like, I was absolutely, I was here for it. Like, she did the damn thing on that one for me. And the girls agreed. The girls were absolutely 50p in, 20p in. Like, they were living. Josh, you kill me. <laughs> yeah, no, Rebecca and Sophie start making out. And I think, is this the one where they have to say, stop! Because they're about to come. <laughs> Literally. Next up, we have Nikki. Simon says, isn't yes. it? But like, Nikki, Nikki says, like, caress Sophie's boob. Grab Matthew's balls. Yeah. Like kind of telling them what to do. I mean, it was, it was, I was here for it. And then she ends with, and then send these other slags home. Which is very on brand for her. Yeah, the villain, the I didn't come here to make friends, which she actually says that line later in the episode, which is a classic reality TV trope. Um, Chase says, I'm just impressed Nikki was able to do her indoor voice for that long. <laughs> which is T. Kevin. Kevin was like writing a list to Santa. That's what I thought. Like, and then Matthew's gonna fuck me in the ass. And then, like. Oh my God, your impression of Kevin is so good. He's just, he starts it with, Hi, it's Kevin. And I just thought, <laughs> oh, I love him. He's so cute. But then Sophie starts miming eating ass. <laughs> you know what? Of all of them, it kind of had that kind of shaky, like, grinder voice note quality to it. It kind of felt like the most authentic. And for that, I was kind of, I was here for it. Next up is Tyrese. Now, this is the most, this was the most intimate and sexual for me. And I think Sophie agreed because she starts spitting. I mean, they were like, I love the way they started with talking about their tight pussy. It really just like straight away, straight out the gate. They were, they, they were here, they were queer um, and they were in our ear. Um, and yeah, like I really did think that they, they smashed it. And Tyrese ends it by saying, and remember, Black Lives Matter. Absolutely. A powerful message with a tight pussy. Thank you, Tyrese. Levi's next. Cameron says, 
Levi has the sexiest voice in the world. And I was like, look who's talking. I mean, out of the two of you, Cameron has the sexiest voice. I thought the credit card bit was funny. I was like, okay, Levi, that was funny. I love that. I mean, that was hilarious for me, like the long number. And the three digits on the back. (laughs) (laughs) It was perfect. Cameron, oh my God, this, I was like, give me strength. Um, I just want to feel that good vibration up in my pussy. And I was like, oh my God, like you're not even on the mic and this is uh, turning me on. Um, yeah, my, uh, <laughs> my lust for Cameron only grows stronger each second he's on screen. And he's up next. Any more to say about Levi? I mean, yeah, I love the fact that they recognise that he is a monotone queen. Cameron um, is on the mic. That's right. It's me with the big ass. Please. Maybe I can send you some whole pics and maybe you won't block my number like everyone else. Maybe you'll text me back. <laughs> Comedy queen. Yeah, I actually screamed at that. I actually thought it was really funny. Like, definitely, uh, yeah, I think got insecurities, a complex character, not just kind of the vacuous kind of um pretty pre- pretty boy that you might perceive actually like yeah has that it's just very yeah very funny very endearing i enjoyed that one she's incredibly intelligent people it would scare them if they knew how smart she is <laughs> that's taylor swift anyway <laughs> and then we get the results sophie you know i love you all but this is slag wars and in this four play challenge the winner is levi deserved no um sorry Sorry, but I really do think this was a little bit of a, a confidence boost, really trying to bring them into the game. Classic mini challenge win that was a strategic thing. So kind of following the kind of RuPaul dynamic where not the rightful winner, but the one that makes most sense, like from a from a producing perspective, I think. Like, uh, realistically, the best were Tyrese, I thought was great. And I, I enjoyed, I really, I mean, from a, like, from an objective standpoint to actually listen to. I also like Gustavo's as well. Who were your favourites? Tyrese was the winner for me. Chase says, Sophie thinks ASMR stands for as spunk masturbation rim jobs and Rebecca doesn't have the heart to correct her. Chase's bits just framed the whole thing so perfectly. All right, this week's passion project is kink. I mean, how do we feel about this just as a theme? Are you a kinky girl? I'm very vanilla, but that's okay. Like, vanilla can also be hot. Oh, absolutely. One thing I like about this is there's definitely such versatility. And I love the fact that they just, like, they kind of broke it down. I think they're trying to make some of these themes, like kink, feel accessible. Maybe taking away some shame. I don't know if maybe some people feel shame about, like, liking feet. We meet... Emily Balfoy and Busty Cookie, Rebecca's kinky friends. I love them. Same. I mean, I would like to have seen more. Like, that, that's a night out I would love to see. Like, they look like a good time. Sophie, I love this. Let's talk about etiquette, consent and safety. And I thought that was brilliant. The things that they said were really good about, like, um, checking in on consent, it's verbally given, um, can be withdrawn at, at different points. Um, I, yeah, I just thought it was really important that they brought that that consent factor into these conversations um, and used it as an opportunity to educate in an informative way. So important. And as Chase says, consent is sexy. 
I was not expecting that accent on Emily. I thought maybe Birmingham or something. Gus is absolutely quaking in his boots. He's so intimidated by Emily and Busty. Yeah. I know. He's actually quite, yeah, he's a little bit of a softie, isn't he, our Gus? So like last week, we've got three teams and three kinks. Um, one team is spanking. We've got a bondage team and a feet team. The photographer is Sam Morris. And because Levi won the ASMR challenge, he gets to pick the teams. How did you feel about the teams that were chosen? He actually paired people who get on. Um, so obviously Gus and Nikki are very cosy. And mm. so they, they were like a natural fit because, so we'd obviously been seeing the dynamics of the last couple of days and just paired them up naturally. So I thought that was quite nice because I would have thought, I was expecting Levi to be a bit shady. They head over to the slag house, but Tyrese falls over. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> Did you see? That was so funny. It was. <laughs> There's actually a few little trips and slips. <laughs> like Kevin last week, Tyrese, Tyrese this week. And there was another one later on in the episode, I think. Um, Nikki, oh, yeah, we'll yeah. come to it. Yeah, Nikki's. <laughs> I loved it. Safe word back at the slag house. Levi and Cameron, garden chat. Chase. Of course, we respected their privacy. Just kidding. We shoved a camera in their face as fast as we could. <laughs> I mean, this was the most stifled, awkward um, bit in the whole bit. Because obviously the conversation they've had off camera is different to the one they're having on camera for sure. But there was obviously they needed to, like that, that conversation had to be had on camera. He wasn't feeling it. Yeah. My understanding of it is when you are a content creator, because he's not a porn star in the same way and that I don't think that he's worked with, like, I might be wrong, but I don't think they like worked with lots of different studios. I think they record their own videos. They put out their own content. And so this is creating a new kind of type of, I think, you know, um, sex worker who creates their own content. And when you have control over your own image, your own vision, your own, like how you put yourself out to give that over to a team, another team of producers, or, and maybe it might put you in situations that you don't feel comfortable with. You don't know how you're going to be presented, how you'll be perceived. Like you're just relinquishing a lot of control. And I think for some people that's going to be fine because that's like something that they give up the control in order to kind of, you know, learn new things, meet new people, get new exposure. Um, and so that's the kind of risk some people are willing to take. I don't think that Levi was in a place to step out of his comfort zone enough to relinquish that control. And probably in his head was thinking, well, I've got this far. I've got some exposure. I'm not going to be probably jumping through hoops or wanting to do the acting challenges. Let me just dip. Maybe he did it more to please Cameron anyway. Who knows? Listen, maybe it was a plan all along. So Levi confides in Cameron, I'm not sure how I feel, I don't feel in my comfort zone. And Cameron, I just put, it's very GC, right? Sophie is listening in and then she swoops in with the camera team. Come on. And then looks so like on 10, like eyes, like big as anything, like what's going on here? What, what are you talking about? She goes, why aren't you in the house? Right, okay, please tell me. You know I want to support you. She's obviously reacting to the news before he's <laughs> even said it. What this show is giving you is exposure. And the thing about being a slag is be true to yourself and be exactly who you are. So Levi's leaving. Oh my God, Cameron in those tight shorts, I can't cope. And then absolutely screamed 
at Levi's echoing voice going, plumber, plumber, plumber. <laughs> that bit sent me to the fucking moon and back. Like, I absolutely, like, oh, perfect these editors so okay i just want to clarify on the neon sign so it's a shakespeare quote that it says hell is empty and all the devils are here literally what was the point in me getting a drama degree because i did not know that that's really embarrassing so we start with the spanking team kane and kevin and i liked this as a little couple i think they were so silly and chaotic and it was they were just uh, yeah like i think it was they were having fun but probably it wasn't the, if it was a pillow fight scene, like it probably would have been like perfect. Sam Morris's t-shirt is a rainbow with a dick at each end, which I just, what I just wanted to say. 10 pictures. I was like, that's harsh. Kevin actually spanks Kane with the paddle and Kane just goes, ooh. This is when Emily Balfoy steps in. Guys, it's a photo shoot, no sound. Guys, it's time to focus. You want to win this, right? She wants her team to win. Trying to whip those queens into shape. Like, come on, bitch. Like, let's, like, playtime's over. Like, let's get the shot. Ten pictures is not a lot. No. In America's Next Top Model, I remember, it was like, you get an additional ten frames. Yeah. Like, like, not, you get ten frames, full stop. Chase says, Emily is so beautiful and intimidating. She's like a tiger, but with a better haircut. When it comes to the end picture... Like, you can tell that, like, it just doesn't have the power dynamic that's needed, I think, in, a in like, you know, a spanking. There has to be a real clear power dynamic. And with those two gals, they were just, like, bumping purses, living their best life. But there was just not that, I suppose, that, you know, they were swapping who's doing the paddle. I just felt like there wasn't that same level of commitment and power dynamic that you probably needed to come through in a picture like that. And so that was probably their downfall, which is a shame. Foot fetish team, which is Nikki and Gus, I'm obsessed with Nikki's look. The wet hair was giving me Britney womanizer. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Smudged eye makeup. I couldn't remember the name. What's it called? A bondage vest? A... Harness? Harness, that's it. I, that's how vanilla I am. Oh, I could... she is vanilla. Wow. Hagen dazs Fucking hell. Vanilla essence. Nikki was really getting into it. She is such a pro. Truly, like she comes alive in front of that camera, doesn't she? She just saw that foot and shoved it in a gob. She like whips her hair around that foot, and like it's just like the hairography, the footography, like that toeography. It all came together, and yeah, it was a yeah, it was a masterpiece. And also, I think it helped that Nikki has got the hots for Gus. Like Gus said, yeah. some, Gus said something about being horny, and she was like, "You're getting horny." Exactly. She is up. Like, she wants to chow down on, on that in this moment. And I, one, I feel her. Two, I commend her. And three, it makes for the best shoe. Like, you, I think there was a sexual chemistry. It's a strange thing, isn't it? Because in all the talent, the passion projects that we've seen so far, like, they do, like, I think with Kane and Gus, there was a little bit of a sexual kind of frisson and that added to it, I think. And, um, well, we'll come on to it next. But in the next group, I think there was the same. When there's some kind of sexual chemistry, you can it, the authenticity of that does feel to come through in the picture, which I think is really interesting. So they're not faking it. <laughs> Nikki says, "We've got this in the bag," and then she walks into the door. Huge mood. That's that's the kind. That's exactly the kind of kind of like unbridled confidence I have before flopping. And the last team is the bondage team, Tyrese and Cameron. 
no offense to, to Levi, but like this, I think it was an easier shoot for two people to do than three anyway. Like what the hell were they going to do with three, three ropes, like tied up, like what on earth would they have done? Um, I think it took a lot of getting into like that, I think. Um, but when it, when, when they got down to it, I think they like, it, it, it was, it, it was hot. I agree. Chase says Cameron gives all of his partners a safe word in case they cut themselves on his cheekbones. Cameron strips down to a thong. Give me strength. Yeah, I thought this shoot was really good. Really. And yeah, really hot. So we're back in the slag house at nighttime. We get a gorgeous exterior shot with fake stars in the background, which I loved. I, lo- I absolutely love that MS Payne background. MS Payne, 100%. <laughs> back in the bedroom. They're in their dressing gowns, ready to review the pictures. Rebecca says to Sophie, are you up for this? I mean, like, I just want you to picture me and Joe in the same dressing gowns. That's what we're doing now. We're sat on our, our respective beds in dressing gowns. And underneath, I do have a leather harness with strings and, and, and platforms on. It's true. And we've both got the Ariana Grande ponytails going on. Absolutely. I've pulled up all none of my hair into this ponytail <laughs> bald bit showing out i've got that invisible pony like live and kicking full boobs for queens.com we look at the bondage pick first um they're both really impressed rebecca says it's a good pick luxury it looked expensive and also the back bend that tyrese does the shape the whole thing really just looks snatched. Then we get the spanking photo. Eagle-eyed Sophie has a critique. If you look closely, you can see a little smirk on Kevin's face. Oh, Kevin. Kevin enjoyed it just that tiny bit too much on cam. Chase, that's because Kevin is about as dominant as a teacup poodle wearing a hot pink miniskirt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so in love with this writing. He's he just kind of being silly in the moment. He's not being that dumb dad, daddy. Or could I also just say, like, who knows when the shots were being taken? Like the last one that Sam took of the of the um, of the in bondage was like snap. Oh, that was your last picture. And yeah, they were not ready. I thought if that was in my group, I'd be like, honey, you've got to tell us it's ten here. So yeah, it was a candid. Sam had a train to catch. <laughs> Yeah, Sam, <laughs> Sam had had it officially at that point. So Rebecca trolls Sophie by saying, so you're saying we should eliminate Kevin? <laughs> <laughs> and Sophie's face, just the colour drains from it. Like she I, just... I know. <laughs> Bless her. <laughs> then they look at the foot fetish picture and they are all blown away. Sophie says, that's actually amazing. It was amazing. Like, the picture was so, I've put visceral. Like, it's very, like, you know, it's filth and it's, yeah. Like, oh, all these pictures are art. Like, they put them up on their socials. And, like, you know how you, you pinch to zoom in on the screen? It's, like, it's so clear. Like, even when you zoom in, I was like, do they take these pictures with eyes? Like, what's going on? It's like there's gifts of, like, Rihanna that sometimes you see on the timeline. And I, I particularly love this one. It does kind of show that kind of, it feels, like, animalistic. It's hot. It's, it's yeah, it's, 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 it's sexy. And, yeah, she's sucking on those trotters. Yeah, like yeah. this is what Slag Wars is about. When I thought about the reality show Slag Wars, this is the kind of thing I was imagining. Rebecca Absolutely. says to Matt, that looks like us two. And Matt says, yeah, last week. 
<laughs> so did, did they fuck? Like, did I just miss that? Release the pictures. Maybe they, I guess they did a collaboration. And then Matt just completely throws Kevin under the bus. So I guess they said, Matt, what do you think? And Matt said, well, yeah, I agree with Sophie about Kevin not being the Dom and not fully committing to the moment. I mean, the fact is, you know, in these in these times, perhaps like that versatility is needed. Like, you know, that kind of bright eyed, bushy bottom from 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 Scotland. Maybe they wanted him to kind of be that kind of to run a train, like to be that kind of that, that dom daddy in that moment. Um, so now we're at the play party and the theme this week is bare butt beauty. Rebecca and Sophie, black strappy numbers, tits out and they have gold plated letters around their necks. Rebecca says cock, Sophie says destroyer. Couldn't ask for more. Couldn't ask for more. When you're thinking about a cock destroyer's look, this is it. The gays were fed uh, and yeah, like I'm, I'm still stuffed now. Thank you. Then we get Tyrese, cow print, assless chaps, cowboy hat. Like, give me that bareback mountain. I am here for it. Like, complete brown cow stunning. They turned the party. One of my favorite, if not my favorite look of the night. I think, I think my favorite look of the night. My favorite look of the night. It was my second favorite because then we have Nikki, absolutely stunning beat glamorous blonde wig and this diamond bling and then she's just completely naked like it's not even pasties she's just yeah. nude and she's gorgeous body and apart from she's got these two strips saying censored i was i was just absolutely gagged i had to pause it and just take it all in same giving me gorgeous madonna giving me valentina did kind of homage to that kind of homage to that moment on drag race as well like it was it was just gorgeous and all drinking in all of that body uh yeah i think it was it was it was it was it was a moment kane is wearing um an all-in-one bodysuit pasty with like drawn on pecs and abs and willy and balls both ass cheeks out very art attack very big art attack this one yeah i was here for it it was definitely more of a cerebral kind of number i was kind of yeah i was, I was here for it Kind of reminded me of Operation as well a bit. Yes, yes. <laughs> that was one that really, as an anxious child, that was not my favourite. Bookaroo the same. <laughs> Bless you, that's so cute. My King Cameron walks in, silver chain, black mesh shorts. Again, I said it's fine. And same with Gus's look. I was like, okay. Yeah, Gus, white tank top, but he was wearing like a looser um, black mesh short. Yeah, not, not nothing to write home about kevin i don't even have, have anything written down did he have like a cloak or something oh yes i know it's this cloak arse cheeks um ow um yeah so a little just cheeky cheeky number with it with with it with it well, i put cape but it could be cloak could be cape really depending on perspective and then we get the chats the, the party chats nikki gus and kane have a chat gus is freaking out yeah, they think they, they weren't certain, were they? I think maybe Sam was playing poker face on all of them. The thing is, with the photo shoot, you never know which photo they're going to choose. So, like, if you've got, like, one shit one, you know, do you know what I mean? So with the take, you know, you do one take. Last week, either it went well or it didn't. This one, there's a lot more, you know, you could think you did fantastically. And then when it comes down to it, the picture's garbage. Nikki did her research about foot fetish. She's great. 
Like she, she did come to win. She doesn't take a, like, she, like that doesn't take a beat, does it? Like they're all like trying to have one of those moments where they're like, hee hee, we're all is like maybe the winners are friends we made along the way. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, no, it's very that. Gus says he's having a good time with everyone. Nikki says, oh, I'm not. <laughs> Nikki says, I came here to win the crown. I was like, is there a crown? <laughs> Shay Saigon says something like, it's nice to see that Nikki's p- picking up the British sense of politeness or something like that. But it is a cultural thing in that if a British person is to say, yeah, no, I actually could give a fuck about all of you. I'm here to win. I do think, I mean, it does happen, but I think it's much, we're much more likely to be like, oh, Oh, sad that someone's going to have to go. But if I have to win, then thank fuck for that. Ah. Um, whereas in America, they're just so much more like odd, like upfront about the fact that, no, I'm here to win. I actually don't care if you win or lose or, or if you go home tonight or you go home in a week. Like, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to kind of make a name and be the number one. Yeah, I feel like the British is like, well, yeah, but you don't, you don't say that. Like Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next chat we have is Matt Cameron and Tyrese. I just put Matt wants Cameron. I can just tell. Oh yeah, you can feel that sexual energy, uh, and I'm sure that content is a coming. It's only a matter of time. Matt says, "How do you feel about Levi going home?" Cameron says, "It was cute for a bit, but now I've cut that dead weight." <laughs> I was joking. Comedy king. I mean, no jokes were told. Do you think they're fucking? Do I think therefore it's hard to know how many days was this filmed over? Like, you know, in some reality TV, it's filmed over such a long time that you end up, but like, I suppose, who knows? They're getting pissed, they're having a good time. I don't know, probably. I mean, I would be fascinated to find out. I think it was literally filmed in like three or four days. They just booked like four days at this Airbnb and they're just bashing it out. Because Sophie actually says like yesterday, last night, whereas usually they'd make out about last week. Last week. (laughs) Yeah, that trope. Last week is like, Tweety, that was literally yesterday. Maybe it's the opposite. Maybe like none of them are fucking because what they're doing in the challenges is so overtly sexual that they're just not, I don't know. For season two, put cameras in every room. Sophie and Rebecca have a chat with Kevin and it turns out Kevin's a rapper. I mean, Jay-Z is calling his lawyer at the moment. Like, the rap game are terrified. XXL cover coming. Uh, Like, literally, Kevin the Scotsman. Rebecca Moore saying, hit me baby one more time, inject it. I mean, the rap was a, um, it was a haiku. Um, it was about a verse long, thank fuck for that. And Kevin, you are multi-talented. Well, that's what Rebecca says, your talents are endless. Forget eight mile, like eight inches. Then we get Busty and Tyrese having a chat and I love this cute connection. They're definitely like genuinely made a friendship here, which is cute. Period! I just love the way they ended that gorgeous conversation about visibility, being fetishized. Not, I'm not pretty for a black person. I'm, 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 I'm pretty full stop. And I think that, you know, like I, it's, it's, sometimes you see it like a viral tweet about it, like just the way in which like black artists and performers are spoken about in porn is so inherently degrading. Um, like the words that are used and the, the terms and and I think it's um, yeah I think it's important to kind of shine a light on that I mean I was obsessed with uh, Busty Cookie Face Sitter Extraordinaire 
like re- anything for like black women dominatrix i'm absolutely here for i'm like reclaim that power get that money and yeah like fucking up queens and so for them to have that moment was yeah i thought it was it was it was cute. I would like absolutely watch a spin-off. I love that this is a show that's giving a platform to queer people of colour and, and sex workers because actually if we're thinking about those who are most marginalised, those who are most in danger, you know, Trans Day of Visibility was I think about two weeks ago, maybe even less than a week ago. And if you think about the proportion of trans women who are who who are killed, the huge proportion are uh, black sex workers and so you know we can't have a conversation around like liberation within the lgbtq community without really thinking about protecting our queer and trans sex workers who are black um and so yeah to just kind of give any kind of uh, platform to that i think is really powerful but as i said like we want more of it come on season two party and slags drinks and talking and latex outfits <laughs> the judges confer Busty and Sam champion the feet team and Emily she says I feel very warm in my cold slut heart about these boys Sophie oh my god it's like a mum but Rebecca ever the Simon Cowell but are they winners and Emily says they were having a lot of fun which is the go-to line at stage door when you, you, you didn't like the show, but they ask you, did you love it? And you just go, well, you definitely look like you were having a lot of fun out there. And that's what, like, you know, on any kind of like talent show, it's like, you went out there and you gave it your all. Let me tell you, you work so hard and you really go up there and enjoy yourself. And it's like, yeah, no one else fucking did. Good for them, but I had to listen to it. They go cheers to the slags. They all clink their glasses and then we get... To the slags, time for elimination. I can't actually remember how it went, but that's just what I wrote down. (laughs) To the slags. Rebecca says there was one team in particular that was a step above the rest. Sophie goes, oh my goodness, so, so true. She acts as such a good hype person. Like if Rebecca's just like, just talking, Sophie's there grimacing, like, yeah. Just waiting to chime in and back her up and just take it to the next level. And I love that. Love the way you say grimacing, grimacing. (laughs) Sophie's critiquing again. I'm so proud she's coming out of her shell. Some of you were a little too vanilla. It looks so cold. Like, you can tell Matthew Camp is shivering. Like, I was like, in that outfit, you are not on Fire Island anymore, hon. Like, you are, you're like, you can tell you're, like, absolutely fucking frozen. They all were. And now we've got the golden lips. So in order, Cameron gets his lips, fully deserved. Absolutely. Rebecca, who's it going to be? Fingers the lips. And then who was next? It was Tyrese. Tyrese, they came through uh, and they crawled for their lips. They did a Sophie and again, the gravel on the knees. Oof, hurts so good. One final pair of golden lips left and Rebecca somehow blames Kane for Kevin's smile. I know I thought that. I was like, how is it? Like, like, Kane cannot control his face. There's a lot of things he can do, but that's not one of them. He was on all fours with an apple in his mouth. (laughs) Yeah, like, I am not an octopus. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody, please. (laughs) 
we need Julia Davis as a guest judge. Who was it who was saying, I'm sure this is just actually like cut destroyers in of itself is a Julia Davis like elaborate sketch. That was a hot take. But Kane ultimately gets the final pair of golden lips. No surprise there. The writing was on the wall, sadly, for for Kevin um, on this one, which is a shame. Rebecca says to Kevin, now go despunk the world. Go despunk the world, Kevin. I love how bespoke they are as well. It's like they're just there in the corner. Yes, it's like the full Greek chorus. And then we get one final time Levi's voice echoing, Palama. <laughs> I thought it was a cheeky little end from, from, uh, from Kevin who turned and like just had their, their, their bare arse going. And I have a feeling this won't be the last we hear or see of Kevin. <laughs> yeah, do we think Kevin's going to be the Shangela of Slag Wars? Imagine, comes back like, I'm fully charged. I am a dick, like, dick down dom daddy as well as being a power bottom and I'm ready to take this competition by storm. I mean, I would see him come out of a box anytime all day, so yeah. I can see it happening. Rebecca says, Slags, it's freezing cold. My balls have gone up inside me. Go have a wank in the shower. And then was there a choir saying, Go and have a wank in the shower. <laughs> I love traditional Christmas hymns. And that, <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> I listen to singers. I listen to gospel singers. <laughs> this was a absolutely filled to the rafters. It was dripping with content. And um, it, they, yeah, they did, like I said, it covered so many inherently complex themes in a way that was succinct and yet still felt authentic. And I really am having, I've got such a soft spot for all the, the, the performers and for, 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 for Sophie and Rebecca themselves. I feel like they are coming into their own. Sophie's finding a voice in this episode and it was just a really enjoyable watch. Great episode, like it gave us everything we wanted. Mm, and more. You know what? I hope they do a reunion. Oh my God. I would absolutely adore a reunion. Even if half of it's like um, a backstage, like, you know, like an outtakes bit or anything that's kind of like any kind of drama. So, you know, how they kind of would amalgamate like a on Housewives, you know, how they, how they have that episode with the outtakes kind of thing, but like where they kind of like intersperse like some of the secrets revealed. Yeah, exactly. Okay, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Despunk Debrief. Mm. Tune in next week and yeah, stay sluggy. Bye. Bye. Bye.